welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are talking about the Wolves of Mercy Falls series by Maggie Stiefvater, aka the Shiver series, as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. We are currently reading Linger, which is the second book in this series. The last episode, um, we left off with Cole being really suicidal, Isabel being over his being like, hey, man, let's go get some coffee so that we can just be normal for once. And then Grace and Sam are going to this recording studio so that Sam can lay down some tracks, y'all. Good Lord. <laughs> you are in for it right now. Just the way you said that, I've been cringing for <laughs> as long as this is the... Yeah. <laughs> lay down some tracks. All right. So we're on chapter 33. Not really a whole lot plot-wise happens in this chapter. Sam and Grace go to the recording studio because Grace, you know, snuck out of the house while her parents were gone and went with Sam because this was his birthday gift and it was a huge deal. So um, the only kind of big thing that happens is they meet um, Demetria, which is a studio owner slash audio engineer. Maybe. I don't know. We don't. She's there. I she's there. I well, she's at least a audio engineer because there. she's there yeah. to do it. So. I just didn't know what her Sam titles thinks were. She, Sam thinks she's real ugly. Yeah. No, she doesn't. No, yeah. she doesn't. He says that she's uh, <laughs> yes, so ugly that she transcends well, to well, being well, something well, more than beautiful. Interesting looking, well, I let's guess. Let's just read what, how he describes her. I just don't expect this description from Sam. Sam says she was so interesting looking and unpretty that she actually traveled through ugly to some place on the other side that was almost as good as pretty. Huge beaked nose, sleepy looking dark brown eyes, and sharp cheekbones. Her black hair is pulled up in a half a dozen interconnected braids on top of her head like a Mediterranean princess Leia. What a description! <laughs> I think y'all are giving, it's not the nicest thing to say, but I get where he's coming from. Like, the features that she has uh-huh. herself, if you were to take them apart, they are not what we would consider conventionally attractive, also, but she's got an interesting face. Sam doesn't encounter a lot of people outside of his circle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when he sees people, he's like, they look weird. <laughs> yeah. They look weird. <laughs> Like, okay, you little, I'm sorry, emo, you you little emo boy with your Justin Bieber haircut. Okay. For real. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't look like Grace, so therefore you can't be pretty. <laughs> probably, probably. Probably, <laughs> That's yeah. That's exactly what's happening. They spend a little bit of time setting up for Sam to record. Grace pets the studio dog that they meet. And then, uh, and of course, asks, you know, Sam asks, can we get a dog? And Grace is like, yeah, we can. Who was scared of dogs? Was Sam scared of dogs? Yes. Or was I was very confused reading this part because they're like let's get a dog i think grace was the one i thought grace was the one that asked about a dog he says yes it says he says i swallowed my throat clinging to itself and asked and said can we get a dog we can grace said but i will not walk it in the morning because i will be sleeping maggie you might have forgotten what you already put out there i think the dog i think the type of dogs like the dogs that he was scared of before were his neighbors and they're aggressive whereas this is like a big old golden retriever it's a labrador Labrador. It's a big fluff ball of enjoyment yeah, for yeah. them. They would be that couple, though. Yeah, they would. Just they would. The dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, Gr- Sam's just working on setting up with Demetria to record music. So then we switch to Grace's point of view. So Grace is sitting on the couch off to the side while this is happening. Grace actually feels a little intimidated by Demetria. Um, but once Demetria's like, confirmed that Sam was actually really good and like, oh, we're going to make something out of this today, Grace started to relax because she's known that all along. 
Yes, we. Yeah. We support our, our mans. partners. Our mans. Mm-hmm. We support our mans, and hopefully <laughs> they support us back. Meanwhile, my boyfriend has not listened to our podcast. Yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad he doesn't. Um, honestly, I, there's something that he does that I don't g-haul with either honestly i mean never been in a relationship but i feel like there'd be some things where i'd be like boo boo you go do you but i'm not interested okay but that's how you make a relationship yeah. you can't have all the same yeah, interests. boundaries no. you know but i just think it's funny that she's like yes this is this mm-hmm. is what i've known this yeah, is yeah. yeah with this kind of thing like yeah you need to be supportive yeah yeah but maybe i wouldn't I was Grace listen to his music all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he needs those especially all the songs about me. I'd be like, eh, okay. By the way, you know, I happened, I happened upon a TikTok last night when I couldn't go to sleep because I'd had a load of tea very late in the evening. And um Girl, I fell asleep so quickly. <laughs> I could not. So I was just scrolling through TikTok and uh I came across the main character or the main guy in the tall girl movies his girlfriend's tiktok i didn't know him didn't know her anyway um i'd only seen it because i watched a video of somebody making fun of it he like somebody had put oh you just you just have your boyfriend's personality like you're just using him for the cloud or whatever and she like went around she was like yes I do. I wake up every morning and like there's a picture, like there's his face on her door and then there's like a tall girl photo, like poster in the hall and then she picks up a magazine and it's his face because he's a model. Uh-huh. It, it was funny. Like, Same. <laughs> I mean, be- I would definitely brag and be like, you know who my boyfriend is? Yeah. <laughs> he's famous. He's a teenage heartthrob right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would definitely brag, but you uh-huh. know, pour it your booze. Yeah. Hey. Even if you don't listen to their podcast. (laughs) Chapter 34, we start off with Isabel's perspective. So while drinking coffee in public, Isabel asks Cole if he is a musician, which I don't know how she picked up on that. The way he's moving his hands. She's a smart gal, I guess. Paying attention to those fingers. Yeah, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Why do y'all make me cringe today? I don't I think he was like just because I'm not a professional musician or anything but sometimes like I'll mimic piano Mm -hmm. like when I'm bored or Mm -hmm. not paying attention on a table or something and I think he was kind of doing the same thing and that's why she's like oh are you a musician yeah and also she's just curious about him yeah so he says yes but he avoids giving her the full story obviously as usual she then notices him staring at his hands and she asks about it he explains his situation earlier with the deer that he killed and how he must have kept eating her after he shifted into a human but before he fully became himself because there is still blood underneath his fingernails which imagine like he's a human now mm-hmm. he's hasn't fully come to and he's still eating this deer yeah <sighs> anyway Cole then changes the subject by telling her he doesn't believe she was at fault for her brother's death. He then asked how they even decided meningitis would do the trick or work as a cure. Isabel explains Grace's fever as a kid, the story we all know, that that fever was possibly the reason she never shifted into a wolf in the first place. Cole asks her if Isabel had injected her brother with the cure, and she says, no, I wasn't the one who actually did it. It was Grace who had done the deed. But Isabel feels guilty because she was the one who procured the infected blood. Cole then retorts, I don't even have to bother to tell you why your guilt is self-indulgent then. He then... (laughs) 
Cole. <laughs> Your guilt is self-indulgence. He then asks if Sam ever shifts at all. Isabel responds with, no, the fever cooked the wolf out of him or something like that. Cole responds with, that doesn't make sense. That shouldn't have worked. You know, Cole, our lo- resident logic mad scientist. Yep. That's like saying you shiver. Ding, 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 shiver. Yeah. You shiver when you're cold and you sweat when you're hot. And so to stop you from shivering for the rest of your life, we're going to put you in a pizza oven for a couple minutes. Just the way that his brain <laughs> works. Yeah. Because you, you can tell like he was raised in a very science-based oh, house. Yeah. Very much also, so. Also, I said, I think I said off the record before we started uh, recording this session, if we were to do a search by word count, shiver would be, the word shiver would be in this book more than it was in yeah, the yeah. actual shiver. Meanwhile, I don't know if Linger is in this book at all. <laughs> don't think so. Um, Isabel, Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I maybe read it once if it is here and that's it. Isabel tells Cole that the fever must have worked because Sam no longer shifts. So they just came to that conclusion. So Cole responds with, I wouldn't say the fever worked. I would say that something about the meningitis made him stop shifting. And I'd say something about getting shut in the car made Grace stop shifting. Those are maybe true, but saying that the fever did it, you can't prove that. <laughs> Little science boy. I just can't get over that. How he's like, no, no, Isabel, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And here's why. They discuss Cole's dad being a mad scientist, and sometimes conclusions aren't as simple as they seem. He goes through like this, um, what does he call it? An example mm-hmm. of, you know, the scientist sees this frog jumping. Yeah. Like, he can, he gets the frog to start jumping when he says jump. Oh, I remember this. I remember this. So then the scientist cuts off a leg or an arm, and the frog still jumps. Frog's up legs. Yeah. <laughs> no, he had not they have four. They're all yeah. legs. Well, I'm trying to. Y'all know what I meant. Four <laughs> leg. Front leg. Cuts off a front leg. Mm-hmm. The frog still jumps. Cuts off the second leg. The frog still jumps on cue. Cuts off the third leg. The frog doesn't jump as high, but he still jumps. Cuts off the fourth leg. The, the frog, frog is deaf. <laughs> the frog is deaf because he doesn't jump on cue after the scientist says he jumps. Cole then says, I just don't think that Beck had it right. He told me that the cold made us wolves and the hot made us humans. But if that was true, the new wolves like me wouldn't be unstable. You can't make rules and then say they don't really count because your body doesn't know them yet. Science doesn't work that way. Which my brain is also like, yeah, science doesn't work that way. Like, <laughs> You can't say one thing and be like, well, not for not all cases. Always. <laughs> like, There's got to no. be a reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of does work in that, if not for all cases, sometimes, because there are exceptions, depending on what's happening. But Reba, <laughs> over here with a degree in a science. There's always an answer, okay? Always. There's always <laughs> there's an always, explanation. There's always an explanation. Even if we don't know it. He then goes on to explain that it must have something to do with what temperature your body thought it was other than the actual temperature. He figures it has something to do with the hypothalamus and how it may not work correctly if drugs are involved, as seen with himself and possibly Victor. Isabel then asks more about Cole's father. Is it the, this the part where he's like, math? I think at one part, this is where he's like, like meth. I don't know if you've caught it yet or not, but Cole's done meth. We've hit it at it a <laughs> yeah. lot. So, and then we have Cole's perspective. 
Cole tells Isabel that his father is a genius. And during Cole's childhood, his parents recognized that Cole also had the potential to be that way. So his father began taking him to the lab with him. However, Cole didn't want to be like his dad, so he tried to be the opposite, as so many kids do. Isabel asked how he became that complete opposite. But at this point, a group of preteen girls comes in. In high school musical shirts. And I forgot about the high school musical shirts. Caitlin loves high school musical. (laughs) And they walk up to Cole and Isabel in the coffee shop. They are giggling back and forth with each other. You know, being like, is that blah, 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 like just back and forth. And uh, they end up asking Cole for an autograph. Cole pretends like he doesn't know what they're talking about and that they must be thinking of someone else. He tries telling Isabel this is a case of mistaken identity until one of the girls calls him by his name while they're leaving. And Isabel's like, you sure about that? (laughs) So, we're slowly figuring out that Cole's big famous. Yeah. (laughs) He's big famous. Like, we don't realize how famous he is until these next two chapters. And Isabel's like, this guy's in a band? (laughs) (laughs) That tracks. (laughs) I mean, like, the band. Like, because, I mean, there's a lot of people with bands out there and people that tour that aren't famous. Yeah. This is where it's like. They're pretty mainstream. Yeah. Uh, So, next is chapter 35. And the first part of it is from Sam's perspective. And I may giggle through this. I giggled typing the notes because it's hilarious to me. (laughs) After some time in the studio, Sam takes a break and notices a music magazine with Cole's face on it. No, he like walks by and he's like, dude, I don't remember where he's going. Yeah. He's like, dude, he's coming and back from the bathroom. He like stops and he's like, I did not just see that guy's <laughs> face. He's he's following me. He's following me. Like he's in my brain all yeah. the time. I was like, oh, and yeah, he, like, has this... to backtrack and figure out where he saw it. He's and... like this pose. Oh, yeah. I remember this really famous cover because, you know, the dude's acting like, you know, whatever is going to happen when he lands. And he looks at the face and he's like, oh, shit. It's Cole. <laughs> it's <laughs> Cole. And he, he like, after he's done the first take, he's like, that can't be it. That can't be it. That can't be it. And he looks back <laughs> and he's like, he closes his eyes and he's like, oh, <laughs> he looks back up and he knows it's Cole because he sees <laughs> Victor in the background. <laughs> and he's like, what the <laughs> Both of them back. And he's like, please tell me Beck did not turn somebody that was famous. Why? Why did Beck? Why? I honestly Beck being so concerned about people finding out about what they were. Yeah, I wanted to know the whole interaction between Beck and them, like before he brought them to here. I think it's because Cole was trying to kill himself, and he saw that. He knew that. He didn't think about. I mean, Cole. Cole mentions that, but I want to know like what went down between them, between like before them turning, and then Sam seeing them in the back of the car, like in shiver. Like I want to know what happened in the in between with Beck. I don't know. It's very interesting. Did he realize he f***ed up almost immediately <laughs> with Cole? Well, he was probably like, uh, these kids think they're famous, but yeah. not ev- not that many people know about them. They're not, like, internationally famous. No, they are. Yeah. <laughs> in a big kind of way. Recognizable, at least. And then, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't get over that. It's like, please, please don't let it be back. And then he looks up and he sees, or please don't let it be Cole. And then he looks back and he sees Victor in the background and he's like, he asked for the guy's name, and Demetria confirms, saying, oh yeah, that's Cole St. Clair, and he's been missing for months. Like, no, he's in my backyard right now. 
He's tearing up my house as we speak. (laughs) Sam ends the chapter by saying, and when they found him, they'd find all of us. Dun, dun, dun. Like, where's this Cole guy? Oh, he ran up. Oh, he's a werewolf. There's more. Cole gives off a... Lestat vibes from uh, Interview with the Vampire. Well, not necessarily Interview with the Vampire, but Lestat, the rock star (laughs) vibes, where Lestat's just decided, you know what? them. I'm going to make a band and tell the world that I'm a vampire. (laughs) If Cole wasn't so broody and, you know, wanting to kill himself, definitely. (laughs) Thousand percent. He would do like that yep all right so now we're on to chapter 36 and the first part of this chapter is in isabel's point of view so isabel pretends like nothing happened which upsets cole because for some reason he wants her to know the truth he admits that he was the front man of a very popular band called narcotica not narcotica <laughs> no <laughs> narcotica i still don't remember how i said it in my head before you said it out At loud one point while reading that earlier i said neurotica neurotica <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that would have been a good band name that's our band name um <laughs> neurotica neurotica yep. we're neurotic <laughs> yep so then we switch to cole's point of view so cole is going through a mix of emotions at the fact this information didn't change things for isabel which why would it she doesn't really care um <laughs> <laughs> he is relieved and disappointed at the same time isabel continues to be completely indifferent over his admission saying what do you want me to say you're going to corrupt me get out of my car too late i'm already way beyond your influence he tells her how selfish he is so basically run or at least know what you're getting yourself into and then she responds by saying that she's still waiting for him to tell her something she doesn't already know <laughs> she's like i know you're selfish get over yourself like whatever i know what i'm getting into yeah he's like yeah. i'll i take all these people down a dark hole that they never return to and that's what i'll do to you and she's like dude i'm already there what she's are you like, talking I about to the house earlier that you had torn up you were naked on the floor talking about how you wanted to kill yourself and i said let's go get coffee i know what i'm getting myself <laughs> into you being a famous person in a band makes a lot of sense honestly yeah also gave you some bonus points because that's hot (laughs) he's now knighted again in caitlin's (laughs) eyes so then we switch back to isabel's point of view so isabel takes cole home with her and of course they proceed to make out because that's what she likes to do with cole when (laughs) when they're just alone (laughs) things not using you for your body cole but but so things get intense until cole decides to press the brakes as he tries to remember what life was like before he hated himself this of course pisses isabel off he tells her she doesn't want to lose her virginity to him because she will hate herself for the rest of her life he then goes on to tell her about angie and how he screwed her over taking her virginity and how he didn't want to do that to her well you said this makes isabel cry that's part of what makes isabel cry yeah but she hates um being vulnerable weak she then goes on to say that she should have left him today to kill himself instead of like bringing him with her uh, and then he says she's not that kind of girl and then isabel kicks him out so one interesting thing um i think we talked about this at some point off the record but isabel wants to save herself which her choice mm-hmm. cool awesome but initially like i mean i didn't think she was like sleeping around necessarily but it's I, strange i didn't think she was not only a virgin but also saving herself for the right person yeah like that's not the vibe i got from her i get it now mm-hmm. like i understand now where she's coming from also but, who would want to lose their virginity in a hick town yeah that's probably a more along the lines yeah. of what she actually yeah. thinks mm-hmm. she's like no one's gonna come around here and she just found out this guy's a rock star so you know might as well sleep with him no that's not why but <laughs> yeah 
She's real broken is the reason. All right. Then we switch back to Cole's point of view. So Cole ends up actually sticking around the house for a little bit, wandering from Isabel's room before he finds the trophy room of taxidermied animals. Um, when he sees the wolf with glass eyes, he decides that Sam is rubbing off on him. He realizes that it would be awful to die so dissociated from your human form with no one to recognize you. And then it's this moment he feels more human than he has felt in a long time. All right, Reba. You had something to say about a trophy room, didn't you? No, I mean, I just talked about how I found this TikTok the other day of someone covering this house from Zillow that literally is full of taxidermy animals like their house in this book. And that uh, there's a lot of exotic animals in there, too, including a... Uh, a taxidermy giraffe. How? Because rich people can afford to go to these extravagant places and... No, I mean, giraffe's really big. How does it fit in your house? It's a really big room. It's a really big room. High ceilings. Yeah. It's, yeah. 18 footer. Yeah. I think it's a no from all of us. <laughs> I don't want... I find it weird. And I mean, like, people grieve differently, so I'm not judging anybody. Oh, I kind of am, but... And I'm sorry, but if this is normal to you, that's fine. I understand. I find it weird when people taxidermy their pets. Yeah, that one's a little weird to me. I don't. So I love it. I'm pushing daisies with the ants where it's birds. Mm-hmm. Just everywhere is taxidermy birds. Yeah. And they can tell you about every single bird. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, our dear friend, whatever. She was this, this, this. It's just strange to me. All right, so the last half of this chapter is in Isabel's point of view. So after Cole leaves her room, Isabel tries to fix herself and goes to look out the window that Cole is at, and she sees that there's someone out in the woods with a flashlight. At first, she wonders if it's Cole, but then she hears the lilt of the piano and knows that it must be him still inside her house because her mom hasn't played it in forever. So then Isabel sneaks downstairs to watch him play. Which, does no one hear Cole playing the piano? Yeah, I was her dad. Yeah, <laughs> he was. There. I was like, he's the one with the flashlight that's going into the woods. Her mom's passed out. Yeah, something, I guess. I guess it makes sense. She mentions that her dad's the only one there, but he's in the basement. Well, we know he ain't in the basement no more. No, he's he's going out in the woods with a flashlight. And foreshadowing, we do know what happens, and you'll find out soon enough. Yeah, as to why he's out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about that one, I love I love doing these because like. I realize things. <laughs> yeah. You read these and some things don't stick with you mm-hmm. until you're out either writing the notes yeah, exactly. or like somebody points something out to you and you're like, that makes a lot of sense. I, that <laughs> makes so much sense. Maybe now. we're not good at absorbing the information. Oh, we're I'm giving. definitely not. Well, when I was reading it this fast, yeah, I only absorb a few key pieces of information. Yeah. I, I'm ADD, undiagnosed, so reading is hard for me either way. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Hey, chapter 37, we got Sam's perspective. On the way home from the music studio, Sam worries about Cole being famous and the possible repercussions it may have if Cole goes out in public and he's recognized, which is hilarious because that's exactly what happened on this day. (laughs) He considers if Beck knew anything before changing him, which we already talked about, and guess not, like... Knew he was in a band, yeah, but didn't realize how famous he was. There was like, a lot of people at that event. I think. Yeah, I. It's in the thousands. Beck's not with it. He's yeah, not with it. He's, he's a wolf half the year. He's in his forties. He's not. Sam's really odd anyway, and listens to really obscure music. Yeah, he, Beck's not up with the times. <laughs> Sam clearly did not recognize cole either is a musical person but i mean like you don't really recognize faces if you just listen to the music he 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 says that cole's face looks familiar but he couldn't place it 
He deletes all the narcotica music of his playlist. He he deletes everything that's not related to Grace and poetry. He especially deletes the stuff from Cole's band because he's like, I want to get this Mm -hmm. guy out of my life as much as I can. Side note, we haven't discussed playlist yet, and I don't know if we'll actually get to it. I do want to say, just on the record, the entire Tickets to My Downfall album <laughs> by Machine Gun Kelly is Cole. Like, yeah. that is literally straight Cole. Yeah. So then we go into chapter 38. The first part is from Sam's perspective. These are, like, super short from my notes. So the first part is Sam. They come home to find the house absolutely <laughs> trash. Thanks, Cole. I mean... He's a rock star. That's what happens. Sam leaves to get a vacuum, leaving Grace and Cole to talk for the first time. And what an interesting dynamic once again. Yeah. The next part is from Grace's perspective. Grace and Cole introduce themselves to each other and Grace asks Cole if this is what he expected from the life of a werewolf. So, Cole, is this everything you wanted? Yeah. And then it switches to Cole's perspective. Cole decides he likes Grace for being matter of fact and asking such a genuine question. He explains it's better than he expected and he then asks her if she felt cheated because she never changed. She says she feels in between happy to be human but also disappointed she never got to be a wolf. Then Sam comes into the room. Cole notes how Grace's smile smiles at her boyfriend and he is reminded of this strange relationship with Isabel and how they would never get to that stage. And then ending Cole's perspective is this. I was suddenly glad that I'd left Isabel on her bed and then alone at her house. It hurt to let myself remember I was poisoned to everyone I touched. But for once, it felt good to be self-aware. I couldn't stop myself from exploding, but I could at least learn to contain the fallout. He's like giving himself a little pat on the back. <laughs> like, you didn't do it, man. Good job. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I just like hear that immediately before Grace even speaks to Cole, Cole's like, I already like her. Yeah, he does. He likes her before she talks, but then he definitely likes her when she does talk. Because mm-hmm. he's like, she doesn't mess around. Like, mm-hmm. she gets right to it. They're both very, like, analytically like wired yeah, too similar. which i feel like they relate i mean on. that makes sense considering he grew up in a scientific house yeah, yeah and she sees things you know like we said has very analytic analytical perspective so i can he, see how they relate he also mentions how grace was not what he expected her to be mm-hmm. as sam's girlfriend well he's put up with sam for so long he's yeah, like he's well, like, whoever puts up with sam as his girlfriend has must to be a certain way yeah he's thinking rachel <laughs> Um, oh the quirkiness so the next part is from grace's perspective grace feels bad for leaving the boys to clean up but she is too physically weak to help she thinks about cole's question she feels cheated of never turning and she admits to herself that she always wanted to know what it would feel like to be a wolf wow jeez I hate it when you read all of the book um i just need to stop after all the chapters for one episode (laughs) Forever, yes. <laughs> you do not need to know how the story ends. Because Kate, never mind. <laughs> I was like, because Caitlin's not going to know the end until the end, maybe. What? But I'm just off on it. I don't know if y'all are going to get through. I'm proud of you. I just want to stop this and say I'm proud of you, Caitlin, for finishing the book before we actually sat down to do the podcast. Me? These two, yes. Yeah, thanks for calling me out. I, I wasn't do. calling you out. I was looking I always at finish it the day before. What are we saying? No, like on... Midnight Sun, y'all just finished the chapters we were doing that 
Oh, yeah. I was going to read the whole book at once. I didn't have time for that. Yeah. I appreciate not being the only one in the know, though. I feel, I felt weird because I didn't know what to say and what not to say. And now I feel more comfortable. I mean, also with that story, we already knew what happened. What was going to happen. Yeah. This one we didn't. Okay. So the next point is from Sam's perspective. Sam figures Grace is too tired to help clean up. They realize her parents are about to be home, so they take her back. Sam in his car with Grace and Cole driving her car behind them. They get there only to find that Grace's parents are home early for once. Cole tells them to, the two of them, they need to hurry up because he's about to shift and uh, Lewis is watching them make out. Yeah, they really shouldn't have <laughs> snuck in that kiss right there. Cole like taps the window and he's like, y'all, I'm about to wolf out and Grace, your dad is watching y'all make out. So. No, he so, tells Sam you know, move specifically, on. he says, hey, you might want to get your tongue out of her mouth because (laughs) her dad's watching from the window (laughs) trust me man not a good move i like how lewis wasn't like who the is this other guy yeah yeah that would have been actually kind of funny like grace what you been doing for now reverse hair rub we're here for it um everyone says their goodbyes and grace goes to deal with her parents sam and cole make up from the night before and cole's goes into the woods as a wolf they I'm sorry, make, man. I'm sorry I made you go to the bathroom. I'm sorry I put you in the bathtub. And <laughs> it was like, I'm sorry I said you need to stay a human. <laughs> and they like do the quick hug and hope no one sees them. <laughs> That's her. what I envision. That's yeah. definitely not what happens. But no. it should. All right. So now we have chapter 39, which is from Grace's perspective. And Peyton, you can read your own note at the end. I'm not reading that one. <laughs> So Grace fights with her parents again after they give the same spiel like they've been saying, saying how she's been so disrespectful towards them and all that jazz. So rightfully so, she lets them know how pissed she is because they've never acted like parents before now. So why are they acting like it now? Then her dad, good old Lewis, says he forbids her from seeing Sam until she turns 18 because he's a bit of bad influence and doesn't respect them as her parents. There's no respect here. He's just sleeping in your bed with you. Honestly, they haven't really had enough interactions to even judge, like, with Sam to judge him. So, no. I, like... They don't have a- enough interactions with their daughter to judge her Sam, either. But also, they've had even less with Sam. Hey, Peyton, you had some stuff to so, say. So, <laughs> he says that Sam doesn't respect them as her parents. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, his big No, part. he doesn't. <laughs> and I was like, uh, of course he doesn't. No one on this planet would expect respect you as parents. And I said... <laughs> Heck, John Benet Ramsey's parents would even tell you what a parent you are. That's horrible. It's <laughs> what I felt in the moment. Is it not true? <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like most people would be like, um, okay. This well, is a form of child abuse. Also, yeah. like, he's talking about, like, how disrespectful Sam is to them. Well, why aren't they talking about, like, where Sam's parents are? They didn't even ask him, like, where his parents are. His they did. Uh, Grace explained wh- what happened to him as a kid and why the blood on his hands mm-hmm. freaked him out. Like and- in the verse book. And that was one of the reasons they were like, uh, maybe you shouldn't get into a relationship with someone so messed up. Yeah, because he's not ideal. That's mm-hmm. the whole problem. He's not a bad influence. He's just not ideal. Not they're not their ideal perfect significant other for their daughter. Yeah. To keep her nice and polite and the same that she's always been. They don't <sighs> It's not even that. It's mm-hmm. that he doesn't fit a mold. Mm-hmm. And exactly. they don't they don't give a shit about his personality. He's yeah. just not a f- late slate and 
he's not pretending to be something like, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to be this college boy and I'm going to do this, this and this, but not have an actual f- personality. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's the end of my rant. <laughs> Chapter 40, we have Grace's perspective. Grace, knowing that she's dying and no longer denying it, recognizes that her parents are her parents, but really they're just roommates. She thinks... Could you outgrow your parents? And she remembers how ready the wolves were for her in the woods. She recognizes with with such little time that she has left, she doesn't want to waste it. So she decides to run away from home. And I agree. Why not spend your time with someone you love doing something with your life? Mm -hmm. And I mean, her parents don't know that she is going through this. They're also not concerned about her. They wouldn't care if she was like, um, I'm dying. They'd be like, no, you're not. Get over it. It's just a fever. Yeah. I so, think that's basically what why not run? says. Why not run? Next is chapter 41, and it starts off in Sam's perspective. Sam is having trouble sleeping. He can hear the wolves howling outside, and he misses them. He decides to howl out to them, Only, but when he does it, he realizes that Grace is outside. <laughs> they greet each other. She's like, by the way, what are you doing? He's like, ah, woo, woo, woo. And she's like, what the f***, Sam? Are you really missing it that much? He's like, are you okay? <laughs> they greet each other and Sam notices her backpack. She asks if he's mad and he tells her, no, he's scared. Girlfriends run, run away from home? Yeah. From Grace's perspective, the two curl up in bed and discuss how they're feeling. This is the red coffee pot that y'all keep yeah, telling you're talking about the red coffee pot? Yeah, Grace yeah. has this thing with a red coffee pot that she wants to buy in the future and so... Yeah, no. I think it just represents like a normal life, a normal future. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly very, a very domestically yeah. stable life, which she has never had, um, with mm-hmm. Sam, you know, their little, their little cottage with their dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does signify that, but I also want to know why the color red. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's significant. Well, it's a lively color. Mm-hmm. Grace feels her nose bleeding, but tries to hide it. Sam begs her to stay, and she knows he doesn't mean just for the night. And then the next part is from Sam's perspective, and it's super short, so I'm just going to read it. Folded in my arms, you are a butterfly in reverse, giving up your wings, inheriting my curse. You're letting go of me. You're letting go. Oh, that that one, I think I said it loud. I was like, damn. <laughs> like, that one hits. You're yeah. a butterfly in reverse. I'm giving you my curse. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. That, it's, yeah. It's I think the line of giving up your wings, inheriting my curse is what hits the most. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ever want to have that conversation right now about how in the first book she had to take care of him mm-hmm. and now he has to take care of her. Yeah. 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 All right. So now we're on chapter 42 and the first part is also from Sam's point of view. Sam and Grace wake up and Sam notices blood coming from Grace's nose. He acknowledges that something serious is wrong and encourages her to go see a doctor. However, the stubborn girl that she is, she argues him because she knows no doctor would find answers. Sam, however, is at wits, his wit's end and just wants to save his girlfriend before it's too late. So the next part is from Grace's point of view. And Grace, of course, eventually agrees to go to the doctor. So Sam and Grace are go- going to the doctor and they end up just giving Grace some allergy meds. Um, then Rachel causes all Grace that the Brisbane's are on a manhunt for her. And Rachel tells them that Grace was at Isabel's. So like making things up for her, which great friend for that. <laughs> she was like... <laughs> You know I'm a bad liar, so I couldn't tell them they were here. 
And Grace is like, yeah, I know. So I told him we were at Isabel's because <laughs> we all know Isabel's a great liar. She's going to shove that situation on Isabel. Don't really like her anyway. She's going to. Yeah, please. Did did we keep my, yeah, my comment? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Grace is still talking to Rachel and they're talking about the whole situation. And Rachel says to Grace that sh- she needs to talk to she of the pointy boots to tell her the situation. Um, during this, Sam notices that Grace didn't drink her coffee, which is unusual, and asks her to go back to Beck's house. She of the pointy boots. She of the pointy boots. Yeah. She of the pointy boots and the boy with boy fruits. <laughs> <laughs> There's a poem for you. <laughs> hey, chapter 43, we have Sam's perspective. Sam and Grace pull up in the driveway of Beck's house, finding none other than Tom Culpepper arguing with Cole. Then we go into Cole's perspective. Tom sees Sam pulling up and asks if Beck is there. Sam says no. Then Tom shows them a dead wolf he had killed that he now has in his SUV. They quickly see that it is Victor. Tom tells Sam to tell his father, aka Beck, uh, he needs to stop feeding the wolves because Tommy Boy is going to shoot every single one of them that he finds. More shooting yeah. wolves. Cole is about to hit Tom because that's how he solves his problems. Yep. But Grace, <laughs> Grace stops him. With, <laughs> with Evelyn and Crabtree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once Tom leaves, Cole apologizes to Victor, who is now dead and a wolf, stating that he is the last person that Cole would ever want to destroy. It was super sad. Cole lost this friend he had in his former life, mm-hmm. and his friend is forever dead and a wolf. Yeah, like, and no one will ever know. That's really sad for Victor's family too. Yeah, even though Angie seems not to care about him. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but he might have had parents that have cared. So, music is a huge thing in these books. Sam is a musician. He comes up with song lyrics in random mm-hmm. moments of time. Cole is also a musician. Um, Maggie Stiefvater herself came out with um, songs that she thought fit each character. And she's also a musician. And she's also a musician. So, music is a huge part of this series. So, we were like, hey, we need to make our own playlist of, like, the vibes of this series or songs mm-hmm. that we thought fit certain characters, certain moments. Uh, we have not completed our playlist, but we do have some ideas that we would love to share with y'all. You want me to go first? Sure. What's so, the vibe? There's a... I just have them from perspectives of each okay. person. So there's not really like an overall arching theme. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of emo. So <laughs> y'all just be aware of that. Because I'm like when I think of Sam, I think emo. So for him, I've got Decembers by Hawthorne Heights. And there's a lot of ballads that I had on my original playlist, but I couldn't remember all of them. But yeah. a lot of emo ballads. For Cole, I've got All That I've Got by The Used. And um, Fleabag by Youngblood is a, like, I mean, it's, it's straight Cole. The chorus is, I'm just a flea bag. Nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. Send me to rehab. Somebody touch me. <laughs> That's Cole for you. <laughs> and of course, the whole album to tickets for my downfall or tickets to my downfall for by machine gun kelly is mm-hmm. all cool too we got cute without the eve by taking back sunday that's just that's a cold one too for isabel i've got like bad rep- reputation by john jett <laughs> we're like we need something badass yeah like- i couldn't think of like female pop punk kind of stuff um and then when the party's over by billy eilish oh yeah. yep 
Yep. Um, you should see me in a crown. You should see me in a crown. That almost made it, but then when I saw when the party's over, I was like, no, that's f-ing Isabel. Yeah, like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Girl with One Eye by Florence and the Machine. Mm-hmm. And all signs point to Lauderdale by A Day to Remember. Because the lyric in that one is, I hate this town, it's so washed up, and all my <laughs> friends don't give a f-. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of um, Gilmore Girls, Never Jess comes to Stars mm-hmm. Hollow, and the song playing is, it goes, this is hell. This is hell. <laughs> I am sorry to tell you. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. And then I got a few, like, just for the vibe, actually, but mm-hmm. uh, one's In the Woods Somewhere by Hosier, yeah. and then How by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, those are my two that I think, like, it just kind of fits with this mm-hmm. theme of, well, they're wolfy, yeah. for one. Between Two Longs. It was two, yeah, Between Two Longs. There, um, there was also one... That I think was a little too on the nose, but I just mentioned it anyway. A silver bullet by Hawthorne. <laughs> the lyric is, got a silver bullet shot right through my heart to prove I can survive without you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I really went more with the vibe and there were a few where I was like, some moments this fits. Naturally, I listened to a lot of like slower, sadder sounding songs, which I felt like fit the vibe. Oh yeah, it definitely fits the vibe. Series. And just, I kind of went on my other playlist, and I was like, what songs fit Shiver? (laughs) So, that's what I did. So, there's, of course, Winter Song, which Maggie Stiefvather put on, uh, I think it was Grace's song, which is by Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Michaelson. It's called Winter Song, Mm -hmm. and it's like, is love alive? Yeah. You know. And then, of course, being the person I am, I got some Taylor Swift because of course, but of course. like her really, you know, chill, like acoustic stuff. Tis the damn season because, you know, you only got so much time with this person. You mm-hmm. might as well be together. And that's really one for Shiver. Um, treacherous by Taylor Swift, which, you know, this love is treacherous, but I like it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Cardigan, you put me on like I'm an old cardigan. Warm and cozy. State of Grace. L- like folklore and red album some of those songs um, i love taylor swift we know this yeah yes but yes, we do. state of grace was like i never saw you coming i'll never be the same also grace is in the title so that's fun sam is in a state of grace all right yep um oh his uh he wanted to name his album something like chasing grace yeah yeah she was like you can't use me in your title <laughs> don't do that um and then another artist who i listen to a lot there was one particular song where i was like this is definitely it this would be in like the trailer for this that was human by daughter the, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah underneath yeah, yeah. this skin there's a human um all that and also mm-hmm. youth by daughter was another one also i love ingrid michelson as i had winter song but also her version of can't help falling in love with you of course and then her song called The Chain was another one. Falling Slowly from the, what is that from? Is the, the musical the, Once. That isn't a cover? I know it's in the musical Once. No, I meant The Chain. The Chain? No, it's a different song. It's okay. not the, that, the I, Chain. I, I know was, what song you're thinking about. Okay. I was like. No, it's very different. I'll play it for you later. Okay. <laughs> But um, Falling Slowly from the musical Once, you know, the Falling Slowly, guys mm-hmm. that know me, that one. Lots of like Sleeping at Last because they are very like acoustic vibe. Mm-hmm. Their version of Already Gone, the Kelly Clarkson song. Yeah. I'm already gone. I'm like crying. Mm-hmm. Lots of sad songs. 
That one's really sad. Sick but, of Losing Soulmates by Dodie, which if you listen to and look at the lyrics, you're like, fuck, this is Sam and Grace. Yeah. Book one. Oh, no. Lost Without You by Freya Reddings. I kept on listening to, like, around the really sad part at the end of Shiver because it's like, I think I'm lost without you and I'm bawling. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we have I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab yep, for Cutie. Cutie. Yeah. And we all agreed. I pressed play and we all went, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. This is the vibe. This is the lyrics. I think I I wrote it down on my original one. Mm-hmm. And I was going to put it on this one, but then you said it and I was yep. like, okay, I'll it. Yeah. Love of mine, someday you will die, but mm-hmm. I'll be close behind. I'll follow, follow you and in into the, the dark. dark. If heaven and hell decide that, that they, they both are satisfied. satisfied. It's a beautiful song as is, and it fits the vibe. And mm-hmm. you know that, especially what I talked about earlier with the first book, Sam's going through it and Grace has to help him. And they mm-hmm. both kind of realize if I lose this person. I'm going to be lost, too. Yeah. And the second book as well, Grace is going through it. Sam's helping her. And he's kind of like, if she's gone, I guess I'm gone, too. Like, yeah. Any other songs, Rita? I don't think, well, I have maybe a couple of particular songs, but mostly it's just artists and themselves and maybe like a couple of their albums that could fit. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you already mentioned Death Cab for Cutie, but I also think, and you've mentioned like Florence Machine, a little bit of Billie Eilish. But I also think some of, like, Bastille's songs from, like, their first album, like, yeah. The Weight of Living, things like that mm-hmm. from that album could actually really apply well to this. Um, maybe some of Lord's songs from, Re-ups. like... Yeah. That's got a vibe to it, like, The Cold. And and then, um, depending on, like, wh- which album it is, some of Paramore songs could apply, yeah. too. Isabel uh, with Liability. Oh, my God. Isabel yeah, I was kind of thinking Liability. I wasn't sure who it applied to, but oh. I was thinking that... So many of them. Yeah. It, it's all of them. <laughs> it's all, they're all, they all feel like they're a liability. Liability is such a good song. One that came to me, I mentioned it in an earlier podcast for this one, but Goodbye Kiss. It fits more, I said Sam and Grace at the beginning, it fits mm-hmm. more of Cole and Isabel's perspective. And then there's like two songs that stood out to me while I was looking through my playlist of songs. One of them is The Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey. Get the summertime, summertime sadness. And then uh, I Found by Amber Run. I, those were like a couple of song, particular songs that stood out. Yeah. I really wanted to find some songs where I was like, okay, Sam is singing this right now. But I couldn't find any. Those were like my- male and acoustic. Those were my emo ballads. Yeah. So, on my own, maybe, although not the screaming parts. <laughs> on my own. <sighs> I played that for <laughs> my brother's girlfriend because she's like, oh, yeah, I like emo music, but she's five years younger than me. So, uh-huh. she didn't go through the, the first she part of it. She go through the face. <laughs> yeah. She didn't go through, like, the the original music. Like, she's mm-hmm. more used to, like, the Black Veil Brides, Pierce the Veil, stuff like that. And I was like, no, 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 you need to know the used. <laughs> And I played her like the um, Emo's Not Dead videos, which are great. Everyone needs to watch them. But he's playing on my own and then he's doing the screaming. (laughs) Like the guy, he's like in his house and it's dark and his Mm -hmm. girlfriend walks in and she's like, what are you, like she's freaking out because all she sees is this black figure and she's like, oh my God, please get out of my house. Like I've got mace. And he starts playing on my own, like on the guitar and then like it goes on my own and then he goes ah, like screaming 
<laughs> with the song. <laughs> and like the cop shows up and it's Burt McCracken from the used. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? I've heard a disturbance. It's hilarious. <laughs> Everybody needs to watch it. Blast <laughs> But she looked at me like I had five heads because of the screaming parts of it. <laughs> So any other songs I got? The one that, okay, so I was trying to come up with a fan cast for this, and I picked Sonny Moore kind of as my, uh, which some people know him as Skrillex for Sam, like what Sam looks like before the nose job. And he plays this love song, and it's named after the girl. It's called Emily. And I feel like that's the vibe I go for, for what Sam writes about Grace. Mm-hmm. Because there's no one in the world like Emily, and it's just like really sad and pretty and nice. nice. Like the guitar is awesome in it, but it's acoustic and sweet. Yeah, lots of sweet songs. Sweet songs, sweet, sad songs. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. T. (laughs) Susie Asato. Not the vibe. Not the vibe. (laughs) Not the vibe. Not the vibe. But Isabel and Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. Okay, started. We'll hold on to those. Caitlin wants a quattro. (laughs) I don't want them all to be together. I just think that you could have so many different relationship dynamics depending Mm -hmm. on the coupling. Yeah. If this was a 10 season sitcom, they would all get get together. They had all been together. Yeah. Okay. I think that wraps up this episode. We have one more discussing Linger where we will be covering chapters 44 through 54. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to get sad again. Yeah. Because, of course, that's what Maggie Stiefvater does to us. However, I personally didn't get as sad. No. As Shiver. Uh, Yeah, I didn't either. I was a little bit like, whoa, 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 whoa. It wasn't as gut-wrenching, but you were, like, worried there for a minute. It's because this ending was not as shocking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you expected it almost mostly yeah. from the beginning. You come to terms with it. Yeah, because Grace is like, okay, I'm She dying. warned you. Yeah, she warned yeah. you right at the beginning. Prologue. And yeah. even though with Shiver, you were like coming to terms with it, you had a little bit of hope <laughs> that something good and was going to happen. <laughs> and then it was like it was just taken away from you. And then at the very end, it was like, here you go. Shablam. Here's Sam again. Oh my God. He's a human. He's a real boy. Bam. Bam. All I think about now when I hear Sam like that is Sam from Holes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about a Cinderella story, but of course I always am. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, that wraps up this episode. Please remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod. We will see you next time. Later. Bye. Just a flea bag, nobody loves me. Cemetery rehab, somebody touch me. I want to turn back time.